I'm David Belson. And I'm Rachel Redan. And this is the Branding London Podcast. The first season is brought to you by Libro Credit Union, a group of epic humans focused on increasing prosperity in southwestern Ontario. They have just launched a new campaign, My Life Here, which fits the theme of this podcast quite nicely. To learn more, go to libro.ca slash mylifehere. This interview is with Steve Bolton, head coach at Libro Financial Services. Uh, excited to delve into the world of purpose and prosperity with Steve. Uh, before we get started, though, I'm going to turn it over to Rachel for a land acknowledgement. We would like to acknowledge the history of the traditional territory and honor the longstanding relationships of the three local First Nation groups of this land and place in southwestern Ontario. The Ottawandaran peoples once settled this region alongside the Algonquin and Haudenosaunee peoples and used this land as their traditional hunting grounds. The three long-standing Indigenous groups of this geographic region are the Anishinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, and the Lenni-Lenape peoples. I'd like to recognize the three First Nations communities neighboring the city of London, Chippewas of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, and Muncie Delaware Nation. We continue to honor the legacy of the space we're in by using the Roundhouse to tell stories, increase collaboration, and work with our clients to improve human lives. We believe that telling the stories of our fellow Londoners will help bring us together to solve problems. Those that don't know your name, position, title, and function at Libro. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, Steve Bolton. Uh, I see you have Stephen on the board, but oh, I, go, yes. I go by Steve. Steve. Okay, I, yep, I yep. prefer that. Uh, and that and I yeah, title. So I, I'm not big on titles, but the title that I often go by is head coach, president, and CEO. Uh, so I'm the. Uh, uh, a lot of people would say I'm, I'm the person in charge and I, I'm not sure I feel that way mm-hmm. sometimes. So it sounds like somebody made a good decision within our organization to support this season one. Yes, so, yes, yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. So they um, were uh, moving on, you know, it sort of leads into that actually next question. Um, How would you describe your job to someone outside of the banking industry or uh, are you even in the banking industry? Is that the right term? Financial yeah, services well, industry? Cer- so certainly Libro is in the financial services industry. The uh, So we're a financial cooperative. We are owned by our customers. Uh, there are shareholders. Uh, uh, and we differentiate ourselves by offering advice and outstanding service and, and tremendously strong community engagement. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, there's a lot to unbundle within Libro if you mm-hmm. wanted to go there. When I think about my role, uh, as a head coach, uh, I'm not sure what I do on a day-to-day basis, right? The, uh, you know, you know, one day I'm, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm in meetings all day with internal operations and the next day I'm, well, I'm meeting with you yep. and, or, or I'm in Toronto representing the Canadian credit union association, which I sit on the board of. Uh, I, I think I would probably bundle it down to my role is to serve the organization so that it can achieve what we set out to do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for us, it's about growing prosperity in, in not just London and region, but all of Southwestern Ontario. And what's uh, the definition for, for Libro uh, for Southwestern Ontario? Do you have firm borders that you play with? Yeah. You know, there? when we defined it with our board of directors, it was in uh, 2014 when we, when we created our why statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't have a vision mission value statement. We threw that away. Mm-hmm. We, we recognized uh, our staff, our communities, our stakeholders, uh, couldn't repeat it. They really didn't know what it was about. So we went to a why, how, what statement, mm-hmm. why we exist. And uh, and then 14 is when we created that statement to grow prosperity in Southwestern Ontario. 
mm-hmm. by transforming banking. So Southwestern Ontario for us, we were asked that by our board, how do you define it? Right? Yeah. And, uh, and I would say it's a little nebulous uh, mm-hmm. at times, but at that time we said everything sort of west of Highway 400 mm-hmm. and uh, not including the GTA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't see that as a sweet spot for Libro Credit Union mm-hmm. in the short to midterm. Great. Yeah. So you have your, your what, why, how. So uh, I think you've probably said all, all of those components, but the, um, the uh, why or the what is to increase prosperity in southwestern Ontario. So what <laughs> let, are those let, let me questions? Let me, go, let me go through it. Yeah, let's so, do it. So the, so the why is to grow prosperity in southwestern Ontario. Yeah, that's why you exist. That's why we exist. Yep. That's our purpose statement. That's our mantra. That's what gets us up in the morning is how can we grow prosperity. And for us, it's not just for the credit union. It's for our owners, our customers, our members. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all interchangeable words for mm-hmm. us uh, because we're owned by our, our customers. They mm-hmm. are our shareholders. Uh, uh, transforming banking is about doing things different in that space. So we are a financial services firm, but we need to do that differently. How we operate to that why is, uh, is really four uh, statements. We want to be epic humans. We want to you know, be the people that people talk about and think mm-hmm. about. We want to be passionately accountable. We, you know, holding ourselves to account to what we say we will do. Mm-hmm. We want to be mutually inclusive as a cooperative. That's just the way we we are. And the last one is one that I think is really, really important is bold explorers. Mm-hmm. You know, be bold explorers. And that means pushing our elbows out about uh, getting out of our comfort zone, innovating, all those words around exploration. You know, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And and what is the the last word is what does that mean? for our owners, our customers, and uh, what does that mean for our staff? And so we want to inspire financial happiness mm-hmm. for our owners, our customers, the people who do business with us, 103,000 uh, member owners, customers. And we want our staff to be joyful in their work. You know, it's, you know we, we don't want staff that are not joyful, that mm-hmm. not, you know, don't enjoy what they do, because that just rubs off into the service delivery that we provide to our, our owners. Uh, and for our owners, the inspiring of financial happiness is, is financial stress is one of the biggest stresses that people have. And, and we recognize that if people have a plan, no matter how much money they generate or, or don't, uh, if they have a plan on what they have today and where they want to go, uh, and we help them with that and, and help them get over what's getting in the way, that stress level comes down mm-hmm. completely. And, and that's what we mean by inspiring financial happiness. And, and so that, that's our, our why, how, what. And that, um, you know, financial happiness, you know, I think you use the word prosperity, which is, is I think, an interesting word um, in that, uh, you know, I guess that maybe define prosperity for me. Yeah. So, that means so, so, it's, so that's in, it's an interesting question. And, and uh, so define prosperities. So I would define it as being better off. I would define it as, as uh, achieving your goals. But one of the questions we ask our owners, we created a prosperity plan mm-hmm. uh, uh, tool that they can go through, that they can work through. It's on our website. The, uh, but it, define, it defines it differently. We ask the question, what does it mean to you? What does prosperity mm-hmm. mean to you, David? Yeah. You know, what does it mean to you, Steve, you know, <laughs> what does it mean to Adam who's, yeah. who's you know, sitting there? Uh, and we could have three different answers, mm-hmm. you know, because we're different people. And, and that's, that's the point of the whole about, thing. Yeah. And so, so it's not just financial, it's the it, whole picture. Yeah, and, and so my word that I, and I'll share this, not a lot of people know this, my coach knows this at Libro, is uh, freedom. Okay. So what yeah. does prosperity mean to me? 
And if I unbundle freedom, you know, for me, it's a freedom to do what I want to do. It's a freedom for me to retire and enjoy travel when I retire. It's a freedom to, uh, to live in the country where mm-hmm. I do. It's a freedom to uh, uh, support my children and, and hopefully someday, knock, knock on wood, <laughs> grandchildren. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so that word freedom just resonates with me. And, and so that's how we unbundle it. It's, uh, it doesn't mean the same thing to the Each same person. people. Yeah. Uh, and at a broader community level, uh, you know, we, we want to be able to measure at some point in time where Libro operates, are those communities better off because of us? Are they more prosperous? Are mm-hmm. they creating more economic uh, impact uh, because we're there or not? You know? Are you so, able to, um, to prove that out currently? No, or still- no but, it's an, but it's an interesting question. It's an interesting study that we, we continue to keep coming back to. If we're going to grow prosperity, we can track it for our owners, for that stakeholder mm-hmm. group. Uh, but we haven't been able to track it for the communities that we serve. And we, and we want to be able to do that so that we can understand what those metrics look like. And prove out your, that you're yeah. living up to your why, right. I assume. Though, right? yeah, okay. yeah. It's a whole like separate rabbit hole we could go down around uh, purpose and, and alignment there because yeah. I love that, uh, mm-hmm. that narrative for today. Today we'll focus on the, the city building piece. Yeah. Um, why do you live in London or the, the region? Why do you work in London? Why do you choose to show up here every day? Yeah, so, so I grew up in this community. And, and to be fair, I don't live in the city yeah. of London, in the borders of London. And, and maybe that's... Southwestern of, Ontario, I guess. I yeah, say, yeah. So, so London for me has always been the regional center where, you know, you went to do things. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you know, it's the hub for the region. Uh, one of three hubs, I would say. But Yeah, I grew up cer- in Goddard. Same yeah, so thing. certainly the hub for... Uh, you know, quite a large section of southwestern Ontario. I would say Windsor is also a hub mm-hmm. city, and so is Kitchener-Waterloo mm-hmm. in those markets. The uh, uh, And London's right in the center of all that. So when we think about uh, the city of London, or I do, I think it as a as a regional place that is that is a bit of an anchor for the whole the whole region. Uh, and so so I like to talk about you know sort of the regional approach. Uh, uh, so I grew up just west of the city of London mm-hmm. uh, in the country. I'm a farm kid. I grew mm-hmm. up on an active farm operation. Uh, you can't take the farm out of the farm <laughs> farm boy, I, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And so my wife and I, we uh, when we built uh, our home, we built it out in the country mm-hmm. on a 75-acre farm. And uh, and we've raised a couple kids there. And uh, and we're still living there today and enjoy it immensely. Yeah, yeah but you still, uh, you know, obviously you're, headquartered here at a London so yeah so so London for me is home it feels like home you know I you know the the one thing that I find interesting is just because there's a line on a map that says this is London and and this is now Middlesex Center (laughs) or this is now uh, you know Elgin County uh, you know the world doesn't work that way you know growing prosperity doesn't work that way it's you know if we draw lines in the sand that we're going to let one group look after that piece but they can't go across that that you know, imaginary line, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the benefit of somebody on the other side. I, I just don't think that works. No, and I would, you know, I agree with that. Um, if you look at the, I've always been a, a fan of the, the Southwestern Ontario corridor. I thought, I've always thought London and Stratford and Waterloo could, could do more together than, uh, you know, developing in isolation. But yeah. um, that viewpoint has seemed to be in the minority. Uh, of, I would agree. Of stakeholders, unfortunately. Um, so I guess, you know, I actually want to go back a bit because you said something that was really interesting and, and possibly pressing into the conversation today, but um, you use the term uh, allowing people to explore or to be 
innovative explorers or what was the term that you used? Bold explorers. Bold explorers. Yeah. So what does it mean to be a bold explorer inside the Libra organization? Yeah. The, uh, that's an interesting question. So, so the one thing that, that uh, has been a, a total surprise to me is when, is, uh, is when we were in 2013, uh, the organization going through the largest combination uh, of our history between the United Communities Credit Union and Libro Financial Group, uh, we took the opportunity to reinvent ourselves, is, mm-hmm. is how I would say it. We rebranded, we, we did a lot of things very differently. Uh, we did a lot of things for the first time. Uh, and, and probably the, the biggest thing we did was uh, uh, throw away a traditional vision, mission, value statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's three books that I really believe in that I think the organization believes in. Good to Great is mm-hmm. one. It's a very older, yep. traditional, stick to strategy, get the team together yep. book. Uh, uh, start with Why. Mm-hmm. And so we've embraced that with Simon Sinek. Yep. Uh, and the third one is Different by Young Me Moon. Okay. Uh, and, and her book is around... Uh, uh, you know, if you want to be different, you need to be different. If you want to differentiate, then stop following the herd in everything you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we took our Be Libro statement, the why, how, what statement to our board, and they approved it, uh, it, it almost took the handcuffs off of the organization to do things differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I underestimated that tremendously. And I think all of us did. Yeah. I don't think anybody today looking you know, back, you know, our former selves looking forward would imagine what has happened and transpired because of that one decision. Uh, so we were presented with opportunities to partner with different groups that came about because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the University of Guelph approached us to create a, uh, uh, a regional professorship in, in economic development in southwestern Ontario uh, because of that change in the focus and what they saw in Libra. That's cool. Uh, you know, and, and what's even more cool is, you know, we made a fairly large investment to create the professorship, uh, but it was matched by two private families that were also invested in the region and the communities uh, as part of that professorship. Uh, you know, with no naming rights, they quietly were, were there on the sidelines wanting to do that, and we're really thankful for what they provided. That's aligned to that why that aligned to that why completely. And, and, uh, and then we started getting other requests and and other things taking place. Uh, the, uh, uh, we're calling it the Libro cluster today. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, but Western, uh, has approached us. We invested in the accelerator there, Mm -hmm. uh, because we believe in, in startup. We believe in entrepreneurs. Um, Mm. they're the group that drives the economy quite frankly. Uh, they're the group that will keep employment here. They, you know, multinationals will, will look for the complete efficiency gain and, and move things elsewhere, you know, quicker than we would like. Yeah. Uh, but small and medium sized enterprise tends not to do that. They, they stick with it. They got their, their own skin in the game mm-hmm. and they invest. Uh, and so helping startups do that, you know, is really, really important to us. So the, uh, uh, and what we've seen happen as a result of that is more and more people continue to do business with us. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, uh, in the last 10 years now, you know, so that's a six year period that, that I was originally talking about the last 10 years, we've grown by $5 billion yeah. and, and the growth last year was over half a billion dollars again. So the, so the trend is continuing and, uh, and it's just enabling us to do more and more and more. The, uh, uh, we had our most profitable year ever in real dollars. It's, mm-hmm. it's not where we should be. I, we have our annual meeting in a couple of weeks, so I really shouldn't talk about the, you know, the return. 
but we paid 50% of that profit back to our stakeholders. Yeah. Uh, and we retained the other 50% to grow the business, to make sure that we're able to continue to grow the business, to invest in technologies. Uh, but in my view, uh, you know, Libro can easily grow about a billion dollars more in assets. Mm -hmm. uh, and that would generate about $20 million more in revenue. And, uh, and most of that should flow to our bottom line. Right. Which then gets reinvested back into Southwestern Ontario, back into communities, back into our, our owners. So it comes through uh, the reinvestment. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit familiar with some of Libro's initiatives, um, but uh, there's obviously the reinvestment through just money back to the owners. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm an owner and always appreciate getting, mm -hmm. uh, getting that dividend. Is that the right term dividend or yeah. payment yeah. yeah profit share um, but then also you have the prosperity fund um and some other initiatives that you fund yep um so that does that come out of that 50 percent no top or? no the, so the the prosperity grant program we have is yeah. about half a million dollars a year yeah uh, and that and it's you know it's it's a it's a grant program. It's one. What's where, that? What's the purpose behind the prosperity grant? How does that fit into your? Well, it's 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 about giving back. So we have a unique governance structure because we're owned by our owners. Mm -hmm. So you would be one. Yeah. Uh, the uh, so our our local councils have ten thousand dollars each that they can put towards a, a great cause in their community. We ask that the causes not be handouts, but they mm -hmm. be something that's sustainable that can you know that the seed money will will last forever if it's done right. The, uh, there's a corporate program that deals with bigger requests mm -hmm. uh, uh, to do some of those things. Uh, a couple examples would be uh, last year we invested in uh, University of Windsor social innovation uh, space, mm -hmm. uh, a prosperity grant to get that up and running and to partner with the university, uh, you know, around uh, social innovation. Uh, the uh, St. Paul's Greenhouse with the University of Waterloo was mm -hmm. another one we did a few years ago. Uh, so those are grant programs. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you know, we give back to the community in a lot of different ways. You know, staff time, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the treasure in time and volunteering. Uh, you know, the in London here we do the, or have done, I'm not, we did it last year, I think, the United Way Day of Caring. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and so a lot of what we do revolves around community. Uh, we do have three pillars. Uh, I feel like I'm doing a data dump, David. <laughs> Yeah, okay. you know the uh, three pillars that we focus on because we don't want the money to just to just go everywhere and, mm -hmm. and not have impact. You know that's the main point. We want it to go to economic development initiatives, uh, youth leadership mm -hmm. initiatives for our future. We really believe in the future of this place. Yeah, we need to invest there. And the third one is what we call money smarts. Mm -hmm. So just helping people uh, be smarter with their money. You know, and and, and we don't teach any of that in any nope. level of schooling nope. uh, and uh, and people are expected to find a way in life you know where the you know the, the lubrication of the machine is money <laughs> well and I, I you know have some kids now that are out uh, out of the nest in the ecosystem and uh, really the only way to learn <laughs> is to crash and burn and, yeah. and get burned uh, you know even as a parent yeah. uh, coaching them so I you know I think there's opportunities for people like Libro who are maybe not you know mom and dad um, saying, hey, you should, you know, not spend more money than you make. Uh, but if you, so that's the number one some, rule. <laughs> spend that, less than you make. That is a a rule I can assure you is yeah. uh, not taught in school. Um, so I think it's really, uh, you know, innovation. I I see is sort of core through. So um, you know, take me back. When did Libro actually get 
started obviously I think St. Willibrod, and I don't know if it was anything before that. Uh, yeah. I believe it's been around for a long time. When did it yeah, get so, started? So the longest, the long, so there's about 43 credit unions today that, well, from the past that combined mm-hmm. into Libro Credit Union over time. Uh, St. Willibrod was one of the largest routes, uh, the largest route that uh, changed its name to Libro mm-hmm. in 2006. Uh, United Communities was the other largest group, but if you but if you sort of look at a tree and go down into the sub routes, mm-hmm. uh, you know there's a credit union in every one of those those lines. Yeah. The oldest route is a little credit union in Essex County, uh, in uh, Township South Woodsley, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it would be 75 years ago is sort of cool. when uh, that credit union was started. And and the the interesting thing about credit unions is is they were all created for a social purpose mm-hmm. uh, because somebody, a group of people, couldn't get what they were able to, what they, they needed, needed. Yeah, yeah. from yeah. the traditional uh, financial services at the time. Well, that's, I, mean, I mean, to me, that's the core like, of innovation or um, you know, creative problem solving, I guess. You know, why were they able to do something together that they weren't able to, to get from a traditional banking source? You know, I, you know, you're trying to go back 70 years, but it's still a problem that, persist today presumably yeah and i and i don't know the answer to that you know i i hear my forefathers or mothers talk about uh sort of the why uh, i know for the saint willowboard group because that's the one i'm most familiar with uh uh, it was in 1951 it was created and it was created by dutch catholic farmers Mm -hmm. who couldn't get credit uh from the banks Mm -hmm. uh and they have a system in uh in the Netherlands, Rabobanks, uh, yeah. which is a you know one of the largest cooperatives in the world, yep. uh, even has bank in its name, uh, who uh, uh, you know provided I think a bit of seed money to uh, start Saint Willowboard over here. Oh, that's cool, and uh, and it's interesting, you know. So it's probably the first peer-to-peer lending organization that was created. You know, we hear a lot of about it now with fintechs and yep, what's yep. going on. But credit unions, you know, they were doing the same thing. They were you know depositors were through the credit union lending money to their neighbors. Cool. The um, I don't know if you knew this, but the R and R traction actually comes from Rebel Bank. Oh, does it? We were the original founding partner of uh, of our traction. I had no idea. Yeah, so uh, we were owned by a subsidiary of theirs, but yeah. uh, Rebel Bank Canada is actually or our traction Canada's Rebel Bank Canada's digital uh, experience. So okay. uh, familiar with Rebel Bank, lots of lots of fun. Uh, so funny that maybe yeah. today we have some sort of common another ancestral <laughs> theme yeah. Rob, Bank is the yeah. the common connection there it's interesting um you know you uh, when we talk about london um is there anything you think london does better than any anywhere else right yeah I, I sometimes worry that i'm because i grew up here mm-hmm. and spent 52 years sort of here <laughs> that that i'm too close to it yeah. to, to know the uh so I think we should be tremendously proud of our uh, uh, diversity in the economic ecosystem, mm-hmm. if I can say it that way. You know, the hospitals are world class. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a couple world class, uh, you know, institutions of higher learning, Fanshawe and Western. Yeah. Uh, we have a pretty robust manufacturing group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, re- more recently, gaming, you mm-hmm. know, has come out. We got some, uh, you know, really interesting scale ups that have happened here. Uh, car proof is you know is one voices.com is mm-hmm. kind of on that same path you know we hope uh, uh big big blue bubble i know a bit about but there's lots yeah. of others right that are, you know have started here have done some amazing things here uh i just worry we're too humble somehow right the uh, 
so when you when you think about it and take some time to think about it, you can answer the question easily. Yeah. Uh, but if you put on the spot and ask, you, you, you know, you scratch your head a little bit and you think, yeah. you know, what is London known for? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I asked a question at a meeting a couple of weeks ago. I, you know, so when, so when all those visitors leave next year after the Junos, mm-hmm. you know, what are they going to be saying about London? Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's the, what's the brand that they're going to walk <laughs> away? Yeah. And the, and I didn't get a good answer. I got, you know, well, you know, people always leave here that they had a good time. Yeah. You know, they always leave here with a smile on their face. Nice city. Yeah. Yeah. And I, nice city. And, yeah. and what are they, you know, but what's the brand? I, you know, what do people say about us when we're not in the room? I, yeah. Do you, do you think I, I can't answer that question. Do you think today. it's a, it's a problem that we don't have that? I mean, you kind of alluded to the fact that that might be a problem, but how big of a problem do you think that is for the city to not be able to talk about? Uh, like the biggest thing, the two big things I hear while you kind of gather your thoughts are, uh, you know, medical, you know, technology and, and advancement, which is awesome. And um, I just have some he- hesitancy to pin um, something on that. That's such a publicly funded enterprise. And yeah. the second thing is, it is a great place. It is a great place to live and raise a family. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Mm-hmm. But um, again, without some sort of a identity or a reason to to be in a city, it's, yep. you know, raising a family is a secondary is, is a nice to have, but you need to have some reason to be there yeah quality of life is is important i agree the uh uh so to answer your question i yes i you know i think the city of london should have a strong brand Mm -hmm. identity people should talk about it in that context Uh, i think about kitchener waterloo and and, you know i apologize to to viewers if if we get (laughs) upset by that uh for whatever reason, right or wrong, you know, it's known, you know, fairly globally, yeah, as, globally. As, as a tech hub. Yep. Right. Um, you know, when I think about London and region, you know, I, you know, I, I tend to think more about Southwestern Ontario, to be fair, David. Yeah, no, that's the, fine. Uh, that's the, your mandate. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, uh, but when I think about London, I, you know, I would love for us to be able to find that thread mm-hmm. uh, that brings all of the community together. That's a tremendously positive brand that has meaning that has impact uh and importance mm-hmm. uh to not well to londoners first and then and then the world second and i think that's a really important point that you brought up that uh you know i think some of the initiatives um that have come up and there's been lots some community led some some not um you haven't really rooted in the the community first right mm-hmm. so and I think, again, if you're in the tech sector like I am, there's a lot of really great stories. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to kind of to think of London as a, as a digital media center. Um, but again, compared to some of the other scales of other mm-hmm. communities that do that well, you know, again, we would maybe not run up against uh, even, a, you know, St. Catharines has got some good stuff going in there. But you mm-hmm. compare it to Vancouver or even a Toronto, you know, it's tough to say, hey, we're uh, we're leaders of the pack yep. because they're they're sectors are so large Mm -hmm. but yeah waterloo has been able to do it with their um their technology brand and i think in part it's because uh that's just what people say Mm -hmm. even if you don't work in technology in waterloo you would probably acknowledge that it's a technology city and and you brag about it and 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 you're excited about it and you're proud to be there yeah so even if you restaurant services or banking services i'm sure the people in libro branches you have branches in waterloo yeah, we have three in the region, yeah, so, the, yeah. uh, and we're opening a fourth uh, soon. So people at the branch of Libro, if they're talking about their home city, would probably, yep. even if they're a Libro employee. So, yep. 
you know, in the the whole sort of an, a launch to this um, initiative was thinking about what that story is. And um, I think for me, what uh, I've noticed is the the ability to create these clusters that come together and, and solve problems. And uh, St. Willowbrods initially, I think, was a good example of that, of how do, how do communities come together. And uh, the reason I wanted to talk to you about Libro is I think it's a, a case study in how when that's done properly, a, a group of people, you have, what, 130,000, 103,000? 103. 103,000 owners. That's 103,000 people that are coming together to, to solve a problem that they collectively have. So you've got a pretty massive network in 37 branches, 40 branches. That, <laughs> Give us time. Yeah. <laughs> 30, 31. 31 now? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're just yeah. that the network of, of yeah. Libro is, is expanding. Well, so. and what's it allowed us to do is, uh, is to provide, I would say, more thoughtful thought leadership. The, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so we're at tables that we weren't at before. Mm-hmm. We're invited to conversations we weren't at before. And even if we're not able to do something uh, in requests that we get, we're often able to connect dots to other conversations uh, that can pull people together that are like-minded mm-hmm. around uh, around common interests, common issues, common uh, themes. The uh, uh, and I, you know, I and it, and it runs. I would say right from uh, you know the small and medium-sized enterprises and agriculture that we support. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right through to you know meeting with deans at at uh, you know universities or. Uh, uh, you know, it's just an interesting place to be at, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to, to try to do that. And the fact that we're not beholden to shareholders, we are to our owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the, the beautiful pieces about this is we have no conflict between shareholder value and customer value. And so if we can, uh, connect the dots, uh, you know, uh, as a giveaway, uh, it's good. You know, it's good for Libro if it's good for the community. And uh, to you, the advantage of being in a few different communities, obviously London being one of them, is there anything that we do better than other communities as a city? Like one of the things I've heard is the the one degree of separation. So, and Kate Graham was on earlier talking about, you know, bringing, you know, a thousand people to the the Chamber Awards and how how people just show up to support each other differently. Um, You know, so that's one sort of, thing that's been mentioned but is there any other things that you well, so without so, trashing other yeah, communities no, I, I think London we has do. a really vibrant uh, business community mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, the chamber I think has done a really really good job of being the voice of business mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and you know you can always pick on the little things that you disagree yeah, well, with and hold yeah, yeah. a grudge for it you know but on balance uh, you know I, I it's top drawer mm-hmm. you know when London goes to uh, you know, the provincial or the Canadian conferences, you know, the papers that they work on for government lobby on behalf of business are listened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's credible. Uh, so if you can change the, uh, you know, the field of play uh, in such a way based on real evidence, real advice, uh, you know, that works. And so often what I've seen is other chambers supporting the London Chamber mm-hmm. uh, in the good work they do. Uh, you know, I, you know, but the chamber itself is just, the dot connector that's pulling that together. Yeah. Quite frankly, it's the, it's the ecosystem of, uh, uh, I would say cooperation that takes place within the city of London that I think others might do better, mm-hmm. uh, at the, uh, uh, I worry about though, when you get to that imaginary boundary between London and, and the neighboring community, uh, that that's lost, uh, because I, because I really, you know, do believe that on a world stage, 
southwestern Ontario needs to act more like one mm-hmm. than you know than twelve or thirteen or fourteen different communities that mix it up. I agree. The, yeah, because there's the um, you know the one I point to is uh, I think it's Raleigh Durham, uh, North Carolina. They have the the triangle there. I can't remember what the yeah. third um, in their their triangle is, but they see themselves even though they're at the same geographic distances. Yeah. Windsor, uh, London, Waterloo, they present themselves as uh, a region to yeah. invest in so they don't see the 40, uh, you know, 40, 50 minutes. Yeah, and all boats, all boats float yeah. higher with the higher tide. And do you think yep. um, organizations like Libro that span now these organizations have a part? And I'm putting, putting on the spot. Oh, maybe I think, you need oh, to check I think, with your well, board, but <laughs> no, I think we do. <laughs> where do you, you know, yeah. where does Libro fit into that? Yeah, so, so the, whole, the whole premise of the professorship at the time was. You know, let's create Southwestern Ontario as an economic region. Mm-hmm. Let's define it as an economic region. Let's track how it's doing. Let's not focus on the London CMA. Let's focus on Southwestern Ontario's CMA, and it's not even defined that way, uh, and track it over time. Uh, let's find ways to connect urban and rural better mm-hmm. in Southwestern Ontario. A lot, a lot of people don't know that, that we, you know, one of the best advantages we have in this region is the farmland that we have in this region. Mm-hmm. It's some of the best in the world. Agreed. It's the best in Canada. And it's a it's a natural resource that keeps producing great food year after year. And and food might not be, you know, sexy like tech. <laughs> it's I, I, hard so, to live without it though, literally. <laughs> but that's the point. Yeah. You know, I had lunch today. <laughs> I'm gonna have supper tonight. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to eat. Yep. And uh and we keep and we pave over more and more, and and I know that's going to happen, and and we'll make it up with higher production. Uh, but I think it's it's an opportunity for agri food, for example, in the whole region. Yeah, I think, and one, and we're not doing it. I don't think we're doing enough. One of the things I was most excited about with the London plan was it talked about infill rather mm-hmm. than sprawl, because I, I do think sometimes we just take for granted the the natural resource that's around us with the farmland, and paving it under seems to me to be a waste. Um, well, and for me as a farm, as a farm kid, I, I, I agree. And, and there is land that is not the best land. Yeah. And there's, uh, uh, you know, things that, you know, I took a picture of it. And I, I, it was in California, the, uh, uh, which I think was a great example. But some of the solar farms that have been going up on less productive land, you know, makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Yeah. Uh, but this was a parking lot that had solar panels above the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, so it gives shade in the summertime, go, yeah. it keeps rain off your head in the summertime, and it takes a parking lot and actually creates some, uh, some solar energy. Now, you know, that leads into a whole other debate on, on, you know, electricity prices, but the, uh, <laughs> that's not contentious at know, all in this area. No, but it's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but the, but the point is, you know, being thoughtful about how we use our resources, you know, including land, including parking lots, including roofs and, you know, you know, I think a lot can change. So I guess um, one question I've been asking is, and we've t- we talked a little bit about it, but again, to be a little bit more direct is, um, does London have an identity crisis? And I guess maybe because you have a different lens to bring, uh, is it important that London has an identity it can talk about? Or, you know, to your point, should it be thinking about maybe we need to you know jump ahead and say, well, maybe London's identity is not important, but how we fit into the broader economic region uh, is important. Yeah. Uh, so I think having an identity is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you think we're lacking one as a, yeah. I, and again, and again, I struggle with it because I, I've been an insider for so long Yeah, and, and London's done amazing things or, or groups in London have done amazing. Yeah. Things. There's amazing pockets so, yeah. for sure. Uh, and 
and to and to put all your your eggs in one basket around you know one industry one technology one whatever uh i worry about Mm -hmm. the uh uh but being the place that's thought of first for let's say entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. uh uh you know it can be very powerful Mm -hmm. you know and so so i'm excited about uh you know the roundhouse accelerator Mm -hmm. i'm excited about uh uh, you know, the Western Accelerator. I'm excited about our investment in St. Paul's Greenhouse at the university. That's an accelerator. Yeah. Same with the social innovation, bit of an accelerator. Uh, I'm excited about that because it because that's the future. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can generate a higher level of success with startup businesses uh, to, to get to the next stage or to fail fast and learn from it and, and come at it again with number two, uh, to me, that just helps the community really well. And so if this place can be viewed as, you know, the place where entrepreneurs have the best and highest chance of success mm-hmm. with all of the infrastructure that they need to do, mm-hmm. that, you know, that would be cool. Why, uh, you know, why entrepreneurs, why that, that they, definition? They just, they just, you know, so, so we think a lot about impact and, yeah. and, and uh, but I think the biggest impact any community has is a very robust economic engine Mm -hmm. and and for me small medium-sized enterprises that are fixing a business problem for somebody else or customer that is successful uh is is a great way to go uh i give entrepreneurs a lot of credit for the risks they take for the late nights for the you know the time that they invest at the startup uh you know with the hope you know, that, that someday they're going to get a proper return. A bit, yeah. a bit like farming, you know, quite frankly. And it's sometimes, and again, there's a couple of different rabbit holes I have to be cognizant of going down, but, uh, you know, the entrepreneurial one, I don't even know this. Uh, we just get, at least from the ones that I speak to, so curious about whether or not we can solve a problem that sometimes the uh, return on investment is a little bit deferred or, or not brought into the uh, the statement that we talk to people like liberal coaches, yeah. uh, you know, there's different types of entrepreneurs and, uh, but the yeah. ones that I see in technology are, uh, really excited about solving a problem for someone yeah. and, and, uh, they jump in sort of two feet and don't always think about, uh, how to build the business, uh, you know, best analogy, you know, jumping out of the airplane, uh, and figuring out how to land safely yeah. kind of midair. Then there's people again, like the liberal coaches, uh, uh, you know, throwing uh, parachutes off for them after them saying, Hey, did you think about this? Did you think about yeah. that uh, on the way down? But that's interesting to hear, you know, innovation and uh, entrepreneurship kind of tied into the same, yeah. same framework. I think, yeah. Um, we do, because we have the live stream, uh, we op- open it up to if anyone has a question that they want to ask for Steve, I'll have Adam check the, the stream, just pop it in the, the, the comments there. Um, I guess, uh, you know, at, at this point, I kind of open it up. Um, is there any question I should have asked you but didn't? Or do you have oh, any that's, that's my questions inter- that's my for inter- me? That's my yeah, you get, you get a chance to come back. Uh, Actually, I never thought about me. that. The, uh, uh, I don't, I, so I almost want to ask you the same questions, David. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I, I've spent my uh, career building teams that are focused on uh, uh you know, a, a vision of where we want to go. Yeah. The, uh, uh, and I don't see this any differently as to, you know, what does the, the team here need to be able to achieve success over the long term? Yep. The, uh, uh, I, I sometimes, uh, worry that we forget about 
the youth in the marketplace. Yes. You know, the, uh, you know, the future. The, their future. And, yep. and they're the ones that, uh, uh, you know, will either leave this place or stay in this place. Yep. And, and, uh, so what kind of place do they want to be in? Agreed. You know, both social, both economic, you know, what, what, uh, city do they want to have? And, uh, and I just worry we're not talking to that group. The, uh, uh, I'm I'm really curious. It's uh, I've made this comment as well before that you know Libro was our 650 staff. Uh, you know I have a greater degree of control there as to how to you know get to the you know the true north where we're trying to go, how yep. we're executing, what our focus areas are, uh, and holding ourselves accountable. It's hard when you talk about community. It is because there's such a variety of opinion, diversity of opinion, which makes us stronger. Yep. And at the same time, is a bit of a challenge. It's going to be fragmented, uh, and and so uh, you know, I applaud what you're you're trying to do, mm-hmm. um, and I just wonder how you know, and maybe that's why somebody in our organization made a decision to support you <laughs> uh, because yeah. we believe in it as well. Yeah, uh, and I'm just thinking, how do, how does this conversation get get bigger, get greater? Because uh, we saw that with the London plan. Yeah, you know, a lot it's, of people came together people came and collaborated, uh, and there's still a lot of noise. Uh, which I get. Yep. Uh, around whether that's the right true north or not. When I think yeah, in any community that's as diverse as ours, uh, both from a socioeconomic and different cultural diversity, you're going to have differing opinions and different. Uh, and the, the dialogue um, is is important. So my my theory is that by having conversations like this, uh, I hope to have many many more, uh, and branching out to different. Um, different people i'm obviously starting a little bit with the the circle of people i know that mm-hmm. um would i think have some valuable input about innovation and human innovation and what our city is about uh, but branching that out one of the first things i was challenged on was um uh you know how london isn't inclusive um in many cases and so i i plan to have an episode uh around uh, i call it the city of missed opportunity so how many opportunities has the city missed by not uh, by keeping people at the margins, mm-hmm. by not having a better inclusive and diversity challenge, and and knowing full well that organizations like Pillar Nonprofit Network and and others, uh, there's a task force at the city. You know, where there's people working on it, but still there's uh, people who still feel very marginalized or not accepted within a, a city. And I think that's a huge, uh, as I said, a missed opportunity uh, because we're losing that talent, we're yeah. losing that engagement. Uh, you know, for me, I think. The question that was maybe uh, implied was, you know, the why, you know, is this important and why is this important to me um, is, you know, largely recruiting and retaining, retaining talent in the city. I think technology companies are canaries in the coal mine. We need um, mm-hmm. young talent that fresh trained and they're leaving the city, then they're not engaged. And I think some of the decisions will still be contentious, but I think if the city has a vision for what it wants to become, um, then it becomes uh easier to make some decisions and not necessarily contentious but around things like rapid transit or um you know moving like i love the franchise moving downtown and some of the western programming Mm -hmm. moving downtown and i think when you have a vision for a city um or even a common understanding it makes some decisions easier they're still going to be contentious and debate and that's fine well maybe the one thing you should think about is uh take the take the advice or don't the uh is uh your questions are, seem to be all very interest-based. Yeah, you know the brand of the city, the, yep, city yep. of the city. 
yeah. it'd be interesting for you to put yeah. somebody in this chair uh, that might not normally sit in this chair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, somebody, uh, I can, you know, I'm not going to throw a name Names, out, but, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, who's uh, who's been part of the city longer than than you or I maybe yep. have, you know, who's been around uh, through some of those, you know, earlier decision-making yep. points. You know, I would say an entrepreneur because I've yep. just, uh, uh, because they're reflective on jobs and opportunities. And uh, Simon, and what might surprise you, might, uh, might surprise me too, it, it <laughs> might not, is that there's probably a strong alignment. Yeah, yeah. Would well, be my guess. For sure. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, so, so we very much believe in interest-based conversation. It's not about my position or your position, yep. uh, but what is it that you're looking for? Or what is it that I'm looking for? And how can we together find a solution to do that? Yep. I, you know, I, I, I think there's more common ground I is my agree. guess, uh, but people go to polarized positions very fast yep. and that's just human nature. The, uh, and if we could change it or you could change it. I'd use the raw way, but if you could change that <laughs> through this this approach, yeah. by putting people in this chair that uh, might not normally land in this chair no, to I, ask them these interest based questions, it might be interesting. I agree, and I think it's one of the reasons I'm excited about um, Fanshawe um, coming on board to help some of their uh, communication students. Is you know that's one of the tasks that I'm going to um, ask them to be doing and looking at is, you know, I, I obviously have people who would willingly accept a. a invitation to come and talk but who are the people that i don't even know because they're not in my in my social graph or in my connection or even in my awareness that should be having this dialogue um because i believe you know take anything that you want to look at with humans uh you know we're 99.9 percent the same genetic code don't quote me on the science of that it's actually national geographic has a great magazine out right now on it yeah so that you know like we're we're even on, on political ideologies, um, I was listening to something, uh, I think it was on the way in, probably a Sam Harris uh, blog post, but uh, you know, we, most people will agree that they want their families to be safe and, and fed and housed. Most people will agree that um, you know, it's important to have you know, jobs or meaningful work mm-hmm. for people. Most will agree that they want their children to get educated and, and have better opportunities in life. Um, that they want and like that's a common yeah. the how we do that and the tactics the uh, you know so far down diverge <laughs> but there's a common uh, yeah. i think in any londoner or any person who wants mm-hmm. to be part of this community and see it thrive there's that common connection so i am starting with people who are um you know in the closer to get the dialogue out there and, yeah. and get people thinking about it but definitely um you know there's a, a once the uh, new slate of candidates come out in may because you're of course you're not allowed to campaign until may um uh, so we have no idea who might be running for mayor oh. in the city, but certainly um, looking to engage some of those folks who would be. Yeah, and, and I'll maybe uh, take it upon myself to think of a if you have people, some others. Yeah, and I'll uh, and I'll reach out to them and uh, the other thing, and, and just ask for their permission to share their name with you. If anyone's interested, you don't have to be in the hot seat. So Steve graciously agreed to be uh, live streamed today, um, but I'm also doing offline and, and audio only interviews as well, which is. Uh, uh, maybe more comfortable for people. So, yeah. David and I have put our time into recording the Branding London podcast because we love this city and, more importantly, the people in it. Our traction decided to produce this podcast because this work is aligned with our core focus of amplifying great stories to increase relevance, impact, engagement, and momentum. 
If you'd like to support us, you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash brandinglondon. Your generous support will help us to promote this season into more channels so that more people can hear London's good news stories and it'll help us fund future seasons. To find recaps, videos of some interviews, our Patreon link, or more information about us in this podcast, you can visit artraction.com slash podcast. Production assistance for this series was provided by Webisodes. Special thanks to Adam Kaplan for his help with recording the live streams and providing the audio from those interviews. We're also grateful for the technical production support of Michael Dales. Thanks for listening. Like what you hear? Subscribe to the Branding London podcast, like our traction on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. 